Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Joe Matera, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me back on the uh, Guitar Speak. Thanks, mate. Great, great to see you. Now, lots of news with you. As always, you're super busy. You've always got lots of stuff going on, which is awesome. Now, big news, very recent news. Renaissance Records in the US um, have reissued two of your early instrumental albums in a, in a whole new package. Tell me about that. That's awesome news. Yeah, yeah. Um, my very first two albums I brought out, um, Slave the Fingers, which was in 2011, and uh, Creature of Habit in 2012. Um, the first pressing sold out and basically, um, you know, out of print. And uh, I basically toured behind those albums. I mean, that's what sort of got my first tours happening over in Europe. So um, that, those basically first two albums are, are uh, all instrumental rock stuff, which is very much along the style of Joe Satriani, Imbe Malmsteen, um, Gary Moore. So it's a bit more like shreddy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. still melodic. And also on the second album, Creature of Habit, I had my very first vocal track which was fallen angel and that's the track that i was sort of opened up my whole career for yeah. europe so um and that's what led me to do more vocal stuff so but yeah those two albums um uh and a label in the u.s renaissance records um knew about my my catalog and really wanted to sort of um do a reissue with them this year so um yeah so they've brought it out where it's two albums and one cd and there's um some there's some new there's a some bonus tracks there's a brand new track i recorded for it um First time, uh, it's an instrumental version of Only One, my, my vocal track. I came out a couple of years ago and some new liner notes and some great new artwork made. And, look, it's it's great. And they do a great job. Renaissance Records are really good with, um, uh, you know, bringing out re, um, reissues. I mean, they're the, they've got some great artists, mate. I'm honoured to be on the list of artists because uh, they've got everybody from ELO to, um, uh, you know, Night, the old Night, to... Uh, so many, mate. I mean, you just got to go to a website, Renaissance Records US, and uh, you'll see the amount of artists. They've done hundreds of great reissues. That's fantastic, man. And it is a really good opportunity, like you said, to repackage or to add some tracks um, as you've done, which is which is cool. What what sort of opportunities does that open up for you? Um, it's sort of just uh, sort of reintroduces people to a lot of my earlier stuff. And, you know, also a whole new um audience that are into the instrumental guitar stuff you know because i mean even down the last probably you know six seven years i've concentrated a lot more on my uh you know uh songs and my acoustic stuff i do a lot of acoustic live shows um my early stuff is much more full band full-on hard rock stuff which is you know where where my influences lie so yeah look uh, it's great i mean um 
getting it out there. And, and the thing about Renaissance Records is it's worldwide release, so it's not just for the US. It's basically worldwide. So um, yeah, look, uh, I'm really happy with it, you know. And and obviously more people are sort of discovering um, instrumental rock these days, you know. And I mean, it is a genre of music that is pretty much it's got a niche market, but it's got a solid niche market. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, talking about um, acoustic and, and new music, you've also released a brand new album this year, The Lone Runner, um, which, yeah, features a lot more of your acoustic side, um, some piano-based um, stuff, which is great. Hey, that album's doing great on the AIR charts as well, I noticed. ARIA charts, yeah, debuted on the ARIA Jazz and Blues charts at number four and stayed in the top ten for the for three weeks, mate, back that's in, um, was it April now? Fantastic, And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that's a totally different... Um, uh, thing for me because it's just it was just an experimental studio mm-hmm. um, album that I put together, you know, uh, just in, you know, a lot of electronic stuff, a lot of acoustic guitar, a lot of different sort of beats, and I just mucked around with it. And I just love ambient music, mate. I mean, I love bands like Massive Attack and um, uh, Moby, you know, of all things. And I mean, uh, you know, being a guitar player, I'm open to all styles of music, mate, and 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 sounds. So if it works, I mean, obviously, the whole album starts off with acoustic. Mm-hmm. Um, at its base, but then I just sort of detoured into all sorts of areas. And I'm really happy with the result, mate. I mean, you know, to get an, an ARIA charting album, first time in my career, is um, fantastic. And it, it was released by an Australian label. I mean, I signed with Possum Records last mm-hmm. year, and um, so they've done a great job in sort of uh, putting the album out there. Well done, man. Well done. Did you produce that yourself? Thank you. I produced that myself, and I basically play all instruments myself and produced it, and... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a, a, a was one of my German friends plays a, a couple of the intros at the some of the tracks, but all the rest is me. I do the keyboards, I play the guitar, I do the uh, strings, the arranging, the producing, you name it, <laughs> the uh, editing, the whole lot. Well done, man. That's great, and yeah, great result. That's that's super cool. How do you? Um... What directs your muse, Joe? So this is like yeah, very different album. We're just talking about yeah, heavier rock stuff, and um, yeah, a lot of your live shows, like you said, is your more singer-songwriter stuff. What directs you when you're working on a new project? When you're looking at a what sort of style to tackle? I uh, just, just anything, mate. I mean, just uh, I just go with whatever the the it leads me to. I mean, I'll come up with a riff. All my music starts off from playing on you know riffs on my guitar, and from that it. You know, um, like Lone Runner, for example, it start off with a riff on a guitar and then I transfer it to a piano. Uh-huh. And then from the piano, I started hearing all these different sounds and I thought, oh, this will be really cool. So in the end, um, it very much, it's electronic piece, but it's, it's still got the acoustic guitar behind it, you know. And um, so, yeah, look, you know, whatever, mate. I mean, uh, I, I can go from, you know, one style of music one day to something else. It just depends what I, what, what it sort of inspires me and, and um, what I'm listening to, you know, also, you know, um, I just listen to, you know, just put stuff in the background while I'm working away and I'll hear something, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So, yeah. Nice. What um, what acoustic guitars are you using on the album? I use I use my trusty uh, black Maiden guitar and I've had it for about 18 years now. It's um, the only guitar, acoustic guitar I use. Um, I do have another one um, that I use for Studio 2, which does appear on the Club of the Tracks. It's a Sigma guitar. It's, 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 it's you know, it's... Um, it's how can I say? It's not like a you know top of the range guitar, but it's actually a really nice guitar, mate. It's got a nice fat, rich sound. I first used one in um, when I was in Stockholm, the studio when I was over there uh, about four years ago, and I really loved it. And um, 
yeah, I, I looked when I came back. I looked up online and and found one and, and bought it, mate. And uh, absolutely fantastic. And you know, I actually probably use that a lot more um, now than I do to Maiton. Maiton's is my workhorse when I'm playing live, you okay, know. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, it is on the uh, lone runner, but uh, now it's it's sort of taken much more backseat to this Sigma guitar. Yeah, interesting. Some of those tracks. I was wondering if I was hearing some twelve string, but I'm not sure if I am. What's what's going on? Now, very good. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, you're right about that. It's not a twelve string. It's actually doubled um, six string guitars. Where I've sort of um, I've literally played it manually, mate. I've re- I recorded myself playing the lower melody, and then I've played the same melody on top on the higher strings. Oh, okay. And I, I, you know, double track them, and you get this twelve string guitar sound, which is absolutely fantastic. So, I, I, I first came across that. Oh, Years ago, you know, I was just in the studio mucking around and I thought, um, I'll try this. And when I heard it, I thought, that's just a 12 string guitar. So, I, I mean, I could make it easy myself. I could just go out and buy a 12 string. Yeah. But I want, I like doing things the hard way. I like doing it the, um, it's, you know, there's there's an art form to it. And I love, you know, I like working out lead melodies and harmonies. I harmonize a lot of my leads, you know, thirds, yeah, fifths, yeah. sevenths. And I, I do it literally, you know, one by one. You know, I don't use any any sort of, uh, computer enhancement or you know like you can get um, a harmonizer boss harmonizer i refuse to use that um because i want to do it as they used to do it back in the old days mate. you know yeah nice There's, there is a different sound too when you're multi-tracking stuff versus like you say harmonizing or even a 12 string it's going to sound slightly different when you when you're stacking the guitars that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only look, the only time I actually use it's it's a vocal harmonizer is when I'm playing live. Obviously, I need to use it because on certain songs I want to recreate those harmony vocals on my tracks. And obviously, I haven't got anybody else playing with me about me, so I use that um, sparingly. And you know, they're really good. You know, they they bring out you know like I can um, it's in real time and I can program it to like thirds and fifths, and it just sounds like what I'm doing on a record. But everything I do, I mean. Vocal-wise, I do it each track, one by one. I sit there and and I learned that from Tom Werman. Tom Werman, the producer who did um, uh, Poison and, and Motley Crue years ago, he um, he he actually heard Fallen Angel. I, I actually sent it to him when I was working on it. He said to me, I think you need to do some harmony vocals, in, you know, thirds, fifths, and, and I go, what, really? And I did that. And he really pushed me. He says, you need to do a higher vocal. Really go for it. And I did. And um, he was absolutely correct. It does make a big difference to it last time we spoke you had just released the book backstage pass the grit and the glamour and uh it's great to see that book is still kicking on still still moving uh, a lot of units and um yeah great stories joe thank you mate. yeah yeah um you know number one in sweden for two weeks number four in australia behind paul mccartney and elton john it's not bad. on the amazon music charts <laughs> but, uh, it's not bad and um it keeps moving, you know, like, you know, it, it keeps going up and down, you know, um, but it's still, you know, it's still selling well. And, uh, you know, the, I'm writing a second book at the moment. I'm in the middle of a second book. So that's probably not a, still a year off or something. But, uh, you know, it's going to move further deeply into what my first book covered. But there's going to be a lot more exclusive stuff um, that, uh, you know, it's going to be lots of great surprises um, for the readers. So, you know, I'm, I'm just really enjoying it, mate. I mean, I'm still, you know, all my diaries are coming really handy, but uh, there's a lot more uh, uh, material now for, for my second book. Cool. Good, good to hear. When, when you're writing, when you're writing music and when you're writing your books, do you have, um, do you have a method? Like you hear of some authors go, okay, I'm going to work 
9 to 12. I'm just going to write and then whatever. Do you, do you have a special space or do you wait for the inspiration? What's, what's, the, uh, what's well, the method? Uh, I just, uh, whenever I feel like I'm out, I just work. I just write. I mean, I could, you know, do morning, nighttime, whatever, just whenever I feel. Sometimes I feel like just doing like three, four hours in a go and sometimes I might only feel like doing 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. Um, because, yeah, I know there are authors who do that. They get up and they spend a specific time, you know, same as songwriting. I mean, I, I, I can't sit down and say I'm going to write a song today because it doesn't happen that way. It just happens when it happens. And, uh-huh. and like I said, I'll pick up a, the riffs come to me easily. The thing is my phone's filled with so many musical ideas and it's those musical ideas that when I get a bit of time I go, hmm, let me listen back to them. And it's only when I go, oh, this is a good riff, I'll go, I could make a song out of this. That's when inspiration okay. hits. And then usually um, – you know, it happens. So I actually, uh, I've got a new track coming out on August the 4th. Now, I, uh, I, I came up with a musical idea uh, probably a couple of months ago and um, it inspired me. And um, so I put together a demo. I sent it off to my friend Jan Schaffer from who played with ABBA, ABBA and, and I'm not sure people know, but he's the number one Sweden's number one session player. He's played over 5,000 records. Wow. Um, he's the equivalent to Steve Lukather in LA, okay. basically. Okay. And, um, so Jan is a good friend of mine, and he played on, on my track a couple of years ago, uh, Take a Look. So anyway, he um, co-wrote the rest of the thing, the track with me, and uh, he plays lead on it. I play lead on it. We'd sort of do like a duet type thing. And, um, yeah, mate, sounding great. So just finished it this week, um, and it's all mixed and mastered, and it's coming out on August the 4th, and it's called continental meeting and mate i tell you it's absolutely brilliant and um yarn's such a great player he um reminds me of um jeff beck you know really creamy um rich tones and then you have my sort of sort of gritty sort of um you know stratty sort of uh tones that i have but um and you can they blend in really well really we we play off each other which is great cool looking forward to hearing that now will you release that independently will you put it through yeah, I'm putting that through uh, independently through um, Mercury Fire Records, which is basically my my label that I release my own stuff. It's just going to be a, a digital release. So, um, but uh, hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm getting enough material now where I'll I'll, um, I'll start shopping to a, a a label to actually release it. Um, a bunch of stuff that I've got happening. So, you know, I've got uh, all new. I've got a lot of new material that remains um, unreleased, and um, I'm just shopping to labels. You know, because I mean, the digital stuff you don't really need a label to do that. You just do it, you know, you can do it yourself. Um, you got to have, obviously, you got to have a, a sort of a label to put it through. So, um, but that's that's been my label for the last 20 years, just when I do my own stuff. So, okay. I was going to ask for, I guess, for other musicians too. What's, when you talk about labels, what's the, I guess, what's the purpose of each? Because, like you said, you can just release your stuff on your own label. And, you know, in this digital age, anyone can do that to a degree. Why are you shopping around? What's the, what do you get from that? Uh, because first of all, they they pay they they. So what you do is you, you I license. The thing is, I own all my masters, so I'm in a position where I I've paid for my recordings, and so I own them, which means that no record company, um, I own no record company any money right now. Um, so you know when you hear a band sign with a loud label, and they get say for example an advance for a million bucks, for example, which is just an example, and um, so that is a loan from the record company for you to go and make a record. But then you've got to sell so many records in order to pay that loan back. And if you don't sell that many records, you're in debt for the rest of your life. It's basically like a bank loan. But when you, and and they own those masters, because they paid for it, that means you don't have control of your music. They can do what they want with it. 
Um, they can repackage it. They can make money. You just get your royalties from your songwriting and performance. But when you own your masters, you're in a position where you license your music out, which means then basically you always have control over your music, but the label uh, pays for the manufacturing, the distribution, the promotion. Um, so it's good to have, you know. I mean, there's only so much you can do by yourself. A label is really good. I mean, Renaissance Records have been fantastic. You know, they've put all the artwork together. They've put it out there. They're doing a promotion. They then, you know, they've paid for the manufacturer. Obviously, I've got it's got to recoup the money before I get any cent from it. I mean, that's 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 any business thing. Yeah, but um, yeah. it's nice to have a, a record label behind you, especially a real good one like Renaissance, who um, can put it out to the right marketplace. And that's the thing: you got to get the right marketplace. There's only so much you can do by yourself. And you know, digital wise, yeah. I mean, look, there's a million songs. You know, probably released every week on, on digitally. But you know, how many of them are actually going to get noticed? So at least the label puts it out where it will get noticed. You know, so that's that's why it's important. And how do you build those relationships? Oh, just mate, just uh, years and years of um, working and um, building your reputation, and then you know, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's that's a good question. It's, it's just mostly. It's, it's like writing. I've built, you know, it's taken me 20 years to build a reputation where they come to me now, I don't go to them. You know, in the early days I had to sort of go and ask for interviews. Now I sit back and I and, and I, I can pick and choose basically. Yeah. Uh, and it's a nice position to be. So I only deal now with classic rock bands. You know, I, I don't deal with any new bands. Um, you know, I'm, I'm much more about what I like personally now rather than, you know, what is the you know, the latest hot thing? Because, um, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some great new bands up there. Um, but, yeah, I'm much more about, I'm, you know, writing about stuff that I grew up with that I love. Sure, sure. And great to see, um, yeah, still writing for Guitar World, Guitar Player. Like, that to me is still awesome. Every time I talk to you, I, I bring up the writing because um, I grew up reading all this stuff and I grew up reading your stories. I'm yeah. like, wow. So, oh, um, thank you. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I've been reading stuff like Bill's. I mean, I grew up with, I mean, I, I grew up with, um, I've got the very first issue of Guitar World. I, I grew up reading Guitar World and Guitar Player. Yeah. I mean, I started buying Guitar Player, I think, 1977. Okay. And, um, and uh, you know, to, to actually then, you know, what, 40 years or whatever it is um, later to be actually part of the, the team to be writing for, yeah. it's just incredible, you know. Like, um, yeah, yeah, that was my education. That's how I learned all my, my stuff was just reading those magazines. So, you know, it's wonderful to hear people like yourself when you say you enjoy my 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 uh, work in that because, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's great. They're great magazines. But they, are, they are, the as you can say, the godparents of all the other magazines that followed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So something like um, like for Guitar World, you recently wrote the history of Aria guitars, and I've got a soft spot for mm -hmm. these slightly off the track Mij guitars and and the companies and the stories. Yeah, yeah. All, yeah. Always fun. Yeah. Why did you choose Aria? What what drew you to that? Because I used to own an Aria. I used to and own an Aria for many years, yeah. and um, I love Aria guitars, and um, I uh, I actually sold my Aria guitar a number of years ago. Um, and I sort of regret it now because it was a bloody great guitar. And, um, you know, I mean, I've got a Les Paul, but that Aria guitar, uh, man, it leaves the Les Paul behind. I mean, it was such a great guitar. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I love Aria guitars. And I thought, you know, there's not really any sort of really history about Aria guitars out there. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to uh, write a history about it. So, you know, I got in touch with Aria and, um, 
they were great with their support. And I just spent, mate, it took me a long time. I spent months researching every single piece of information I could find to put that together. And, um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's basically the definitive ARIA history, really. That's cool, man. That's very cool. And uh, regular Matera fans, they they want to hear regularly. You've got some um, you've got some regular media spots in Australia too. So I just noticed you're doing like the Triple M, um, a regular like music news update. You're writing uh, for Shepton News. You got your own column there, musical musings. Yeah, tell, tell me about those, right. those two uh, those two gigs. Yeah, yeah. I've been um, with the Shepton News for about a year now. I do a fortnightly uh, column. Well, it's basically a page in the paper that I can write about anything I want about music. So, you know, I usually do an interview and music news and, you know, give my editorial on, on matters that's happening in the world in music. And, yeah, Triple M, I've um, I, uh, been doing that for the last month. I just started with them um, in Shepparton, basically. Um, you know, this fairly uh, regional Victoria I go through. So I do a, a segment every week where I just discuss the latest music news, you know, Um so, yeah, it's great fun, mate. I mean, it's great to sort of get out there. And um, I, I spent four years on the ABC actually doing uh, a segment too, similar segment. So, um, uh, you know, I, I left that, uh, was it, last year. And, uh, yeah, and it's great to be on commercial radio, really. But, uh, you know, I get people – it's amazing, mate, where people actually listen, you know, and hear you and they go, oh, you know, great what you're talking about. And even with the writing, you know, I love getting emails and people saying, oh, you really enjoyed your story and, you know, guitar play or I love this you know story in, in the Shep News and you know that, that's great just to just get emails like that is it makes it all worthwhile mate because you know it's you, I mean writing is really a solitary thing you don't know yeah. you know you just put it out there and you don't know if anybody's you know what what effect it has but when you get that sort of feedback it's like yeah people enjoying it you know like you mentioned your aria I'm glad you enjoyed the aria story because yeah, that's what the idea is to put it out there and hopefully people get something from it, they learn from it and um, entertains them too. Yeah, great stuff, man. Joe, what, what's your advice to aspiring creatives? I, I, when I was preparing to speak to you, I was going to say musicians, but the thing, um, the thing you do so well, you juggle all this stuff and it's all related. It's all based on your, your passion <laughs> for music. Um, but, you, yeah, you juggle all these different, different directions. How, what's your advice people you know aspiring to make a career of it in in these areas okay well first of all um it's a lifestyle and it's a passion you've got to do it for the passion first you don't do it for the money because if you're going to do it for the money as i've always said for years um when it comes to music is you can become a lawyer and make a hell of a lot more right so it's not about the money the money doesn't has never motivated obviously i make a living from it now uh, but it took me a hell of a long time so but I say passion and hard work, mate, and perseverance. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, people think, oh, that story, some people say to me, oh, you know, you've just come out of the blue. You know, you're only, what, you're only new, are you? And I go, I've been doing this for like 40 years, right? So, and, uh, you know, the journalism, yeah. I've done it for like over, over what, 30 years now? Yeah. And, uh, and my music, I've done it since, you know, I was a teenager, really. So um, I just never give up, mate. The thing is, I just love what I do and um, I just keep doing it and, it's a tough business, mate. I mean, if you if you're not cut out for it, I tell you, it's it's really tough. It's um, you know, I can't say it's all uh, you know, uh, what's the word for it? Um, sunny days and and roses because it's not, mate. It's really tough. But if you love it and you have a passion for it, it is the most you know wonderful job you can ever have. You know, um, and I won't call it a job. I call it more like a a um, uh, you know, like a recreational. 
uh-huh. work, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. But uh, it is hard work, mate. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very uh, – uh, um, I put my heart into it and, uh, you know, it's it means a lot to me. That I'm very pedantic about accuracy and facts. And um, and I hate lazy journalism. I have to say that. You know, I, I, you know, I can read articles and, and know that the person who's written that article had no idea, you know, or, you know, yeah, so I'm very particular about that, and that's what you know. I'm, I take pride. In, I take pride in my work, and and hopefully that rubs off on people out there. So my my advice is, you know, have a passion, work at it, keep doing it. Don't think it's going to happen overnight. But if you and believe in yourself, that's probably the biggest thing. You got to believe in yourself, and um, and no matter how hard it gets, just keep on going with it, and you know, eventually you'll you'll get a break somewhere. That's awesome, Joe. Awesome advice, and um, yeah, anyone who's followed your work, your music, or your writing, or both like I have and many people have. Um, yeah, that passion is very, very clear to see. So, yeah. Oh, that's thank you. cool, man. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I hate to ask, but I, I, I need to ask, is there anything else on the boil that we need to know about, Joe? Because... Uh... Um, oh, there's always something on the boil, as <laughs> yeah. you said at the start. Um, yeah, like new music coming, yep. Um, yeah. uh, what else? Heaps of new, you know, Obviously, articles in guitar playing, guitar world, yeah. um, Shep News column, my radio uh, um, piece. I'm just trying to think what else is there. Um, uh, there's so much stuff, mate, that I, yeah. I sometimes <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to keep like a, a board so I know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, look, I just just yeah, lots of writing and and hopefully um, the, you know, the gigs hopefully uh, will, will happen. I mean, it's pretty of a slow time at the moment um, with with the live scene, but you know that that's fine. Um, but yeah, just uh, get out there and hopefully, uh, you know, um, yeah, when, when the weather sort of warms up a bit more, more of the gigs happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is cyclical, especially, uh, especially in Victoria, which uh, gets freezing this time of year. <laughs> yeah, it does, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have to, I mean, my last gig was, um, I did the last four gigs of Renee Gaia. And um, mm. and so I, you know, have the honour now of, um, you know, being part of that sort of, you know, her, her sort of, uh, how can I say legacy? Because um, the last four gigs, I mean, um, and, and and the last gig we did together, she said to me, um, she came out to me, she says, I really like your stuff, and um, I want you to do uh, all the supports for the rest of the 2023. So she offered me all these gigs, right? It was about 14 gigs right. at the time, and you know that was a great. It was just two days before Christmas, and that was like, oh great, you know, you know I was really happy, looking forward to the year. And then two weeks later, I'll get a message saying she's in ICU. You know, really, you know what you know and then uh, i think it was a couple of days later she passed away and it's like what and that you know such a tragic um you know sad time you know but uh you know definitely she was one of our greatest uh how can i say mate soul jazz singers in this country you know really the queen of that so um but you know at least i've got these great memories now of um you know playing those gigs with her really cool well joe Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Really cool to catch up and hear about all your stuff. Thank you. I always have to have a cup of tea and just sit down after I talk to you because <laughs> you are just you go hard <laughs> at it and I love it. It's inspiring. That's what I really should oh, good. say. It's super inspiring. So, oh, thank you, mate. I really appreciate it. I'm glad, mate. And thank you for your, always your support and your and, and interest, mate. Um, and that's the thing, mate. I think, uh, what, you know, you mentioned uh, one of the questions was advice for creatives. The other thing I would say is, like yourself, mate, is about supporting others too, other musicians too, you know, because um, really it's a community, you know, and, and you got to support each other. And I think, you know, 
you know, and that's that's the beauty of it. You know, we've got a wealth of talent in this country, and um, yeah. But look, thank you so much, mate, because it's guys like you that are, you know, I really appreciate because uh, you're the one that's sort of helping and, and supporting and you know letting people know what I do.